bird. It's a plane. Well, hello, beautiful. Listen up, casual. You've got a plan. I'm afraid my protocols are being overridden. Game over, man. Listen up, casuals. This is Chris. And this is Rocco. And we're back. And it's been far too long, honestly, Rocco. Uh, it's what are we doing? We gotta, we gotta, we gotta get together and geek out more. I, I know, I know, but we have there's these pesky things called families and children, and they're just they're always in the way when it comes to just nerding out, be it with comic books, with comic book movies, with comic book shows, with anything involving comic books. True, and as this stuff just keeps pouring into our zeitgeist daily. Uh, we we're going to take a look back at, you know, some of our more favorite uh, characters and storylines and whatnot through this show. So if you've been listening, thank you. Uh, our last show was about all the Jokers, uh, which was a lot of fun. We had Bob from Gutsy Media. And tonight we have Jake, another essential part of the DFET Entertainment family. Uh, hello, Jake. Hello. Jake. I am so happy to be here on this Thursday. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. And yes, it is well planned for this to be on Thursday and talking about Thor, which we'll be discussing today. Um, but before we jump into that, uh, Jake, you're part of the DFAT family. What do you, uh, tell us about uh, you, you do a couple shows. Tell us about a couple of your shows real quick. Yeah. Um, so I've got the Bull and Moose Tavern podcast, which hopefully will be back on shortly uh, i don't know when this releases but we've had to take a hiatus because my co-host is moving um we are going to talk about the politics of 2021's horrible movie dune mm -hmm. um that movie was so bad uh beautiful but bad um <laughs> come march of 2022 uh, now uh we'll be launching season three of the campfire chats and of course you are my fellow Star Warriors, and we Ooh. need to get together at some point and talk Star Wars. It's been too long. It has. Your your end episode's coming up, so looking forward yes. to that. Let's do that. Yes. Um, a grand old geek out for the end of 2021. Uh, and also, we'll have that comic episode uh, since Crimson Rain just started and kicked us in the balls. So good times good times beautiful beautiful that that number one was beautiful but anyway that's not what we're here to talk about today we're not we are here to talk about comics though and uh how they kind of tie into the comic book movie phenomena that's going on for the last you know 20 years now uh it's just it's insane and rock and i really wanted to start the show because a lot of people are on the casual viewing level and we find it important that Everybody has a different, I guess, level of knowledge when it comes to comics. They've been around for so long. We're mm -hmm. all different ages. We all entered comic books at a different time. And what we read is different. So I think it's fun to do this and kind of just not really get crazy on the history, but you know, talk about the old comics, some key issues and, and whatnot. And tonight, we're going to be talking about Thor, the God of Thunder. Yes, yes. Um, uh, coming from my end of things, um, and to be completely honest, I, I, as everyone and listeners, as you know, I'm an avid comic book reader. I read probably 10 to 15 comics a week. 
and Thor has never been on my list. Um, I've have a couple of issues that he's been in, um, but nothing that gives me enough comic book knowledge. However, and this is this is a question I've wanted answered for a very long time, and I, I kind of just want to throw it out there uh, before you guys jump in. Um, I, as far as I was to believe, there were two written versions of Thor. One version being where he can master lightning and storms and he just thinks he's actually the God Thor. And of course, the one we know who is actually the God Thor. Um, there was a cartoon show I, I watched, an Avengers show, where he didn't really he wasn't actually like the uh, like you know Valhalla and all that and and you know what I mean is that is there any basis in that or is that just not a thing my best guess and keep in mind I don't go back in Thor I started with Jason Aaron's run was there is a time when Thor I actually the first movie was kind of based on this was banished to earth by Odin and in that time, he also had his memories wiped. So okay. he had, at one point, I believe, gained the powers of Thor without actually knowing he was Thor. So okay. that story that you're talking about is probably based around that time in Thor's history, which I think okay. is a mid-90s run. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. Well, I, I, that answers my question. Is that is that the Donald Blake stories? I, uh, yeah, I think it's the Donald Blake it? stories. Yeah, yeah, I'm not super familiar with it either. Uh, I jumped in on Thor at the GMS stage right after Civil War, uh, so we'll and I'll get into that more as we talk about the issues. But sure, yeah, I do. I don't know about that, honestly, Rocco. I've never. Um, I would like to actually know what that cartoon is. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta look. At, I know it's on Disney Plus for fact, and it was it was the first episode of one of those Avengers shows. And I remember, you know, Iron Man was like, you know, looking for superheroes or whatever, or Iron Man or Captain America, maybe both of them together. And they're like, yeah, this crazy guy who can like manipulate thunder and lightning, and oh, he, he thinks he's you know a god. He's really not. So that reminds me actually of the ultimates maybe that's it he was he was on earth he was like an eco yes eco he fought against like he was a terrorist yeah and he would like take out take out whaling boats and stuff like that yes that is the that was the ultimate comics which don't exist anymore okay merged it or whatever yeah i'm not crazy no i (laughs) love that thor actually i thought that thor was great because he was like a crazy activist who yeah just messed up whalers and try to fight for world you know uh to preserve the world and the environment it was cool <laughs> exactly was that the world taken out by uh the new secret wars when doom was king of uh oh i don't even know what it was called battle world i when they brought in like miles and all that into the 616 uh yeah when all the universe merged doom became king of battle world he was married to sue storm dr strange was the hand of the king uh beyond the wall were marvel zombies uh huh. it it was a cr- pretty crazy storyline and like because ultimate reed richards was evil reed richards had to be hidden away because the 616 reed and 
ultimate read merged or something it it's a confusing storyline especially because it tries to loop in so much of um marvel history to merge into one universe yeah yeah i'd I'd fallen off marvel but that's by that time um that it was by hickman right i want to say so i liked it it was a fun storyline it's just like i had been so far off marvel i'm like I know what Marvel zombies are, but the fact that there's like a sea of them behind a wall, like, okay. That's a cool way to tie that in. Yeah. So especially now it's picking up steam again. That'll be a lot of fun. So let's, um, let's jump into these key issues and let's talk about the first appearance of Thor. Uh, First appeared in journey into mystery number 83 in August of 1962. Wow. Created by Stan Lee his brother, Larry Lieber, and of course, Jack Kirby. So, you know, this is another character created by, you know, Lee and Kirby, you know, just that that amazing team that just brought so much to Marvel um, and then Kirby going to DC eventually. But awesome, awesome stuff. Some key issues to remember, um, again, Lee and Kirby, they worked on Avengers number one in 1963, which brought the team together for the first time in that regard. Uh, basically you know the team that somewhat rounds out the mcu but you know with some different additions thor 179 is when journey into mystery became the actual thor line and then walt simonson who did amazing runs on thor one of the most influential um creators to this uh to this character it was from issues 337 to 382 in which also beta ray bill was introduced uh, who is a, still around today and has a actually has a comic coming up as well. So, really? okay. just some really neat stuff there for the the old the old days. I don't. I've never really read any of the old Thor comics. I don't know if you guys have. No, you, I tried them when I had Comicsology, um, but they didn't click. And like all the Star Wars stuff was on there. And right before Comicsology Unlimited expired, I picked up a eternals and started reading that kirby stuff yeah i like kirby by himself to be honest i'm um gods and whatnot yeah i'm wondering um so there's a current marvel event that's happening um that i won't really get too deep in on because we can we'll really go too far off on left field um but devil's reign just started and the reason i'm so excited about it is because the centerpiece is daredevil and kingpin um, but it is uh, Avengers level event. Um, so, you know, you've got Iron Man and Spider-Man, all the sp- multiple Spider-Men, I should say. Um, you've got the Fantastic Four involved. Um, it's some pretty it's pretty wild stuff. Issue number one was just a banger. It was a freaking banger, but no Thor. And I noticed that And I'm wondering if in it's a six issue event if Thor will make an appearance or not. Um, but it's pretty much back to a no superheroes allowed in New York city with mayor Fisk um, being the mayor of New York and the big reveal, unless you don't want me to say it. And then I won't, I would at this point, stay away from spoilers. Okay. I think I'm going to, yeah, just because listeners sometimes will get upset about that stuff. Turn you got off. it. You got it. Rocco. Not really 
spoilers per se, but I think Danny Kate's run of Thor is still going on right now, which I'm behind on. Um, but he continued from RN and um, Thor is now king of Asgard and most of his stories are now space stories. He oh, okay. is not on Midgard anymore. He so this is, is a petty human squabble then. It's possibly unlikely that he would make, if that run's still happening, that Thor would make it back to Earth at okay. this point. Well, I mean, it's like it makes sense. it's like kind of compared to the MCU when they removed Thor and, and the Hulk from, you know, I would say the chessboard uh, mm-hmm. and, and yep. did Civil War. You know, there's no point to have either one of them. It's like, okay, if Thor was on one team, he's going to end it. You yeah. know, like Thor would just end this. Yeah, that's true. Just like that, you know. Yeah. So, it's fun. It's fun to have these very powerful heroes, but it's I love street level just like you do. Yeah, that's um, my that's my jam. Like, yeah, and it's just you can't have gods run around. <laughs> so that's true, especially not now that Thor's the All Father and has the All Spark. He is ridiculously powerful now. So that's where they is that where Aaron left it. Um, and then Kate's picked it up? Pretty much. So he picked it up from Thor sitting on the throne. So yeah, king. he went full circle. That's yeah. awesome. The, Sweet. the early run is him having to team up with Galactus to stop the oh, what's it called? The blizzard or something? It's like an otherworldly creature that was coming to uh, 616 Universe to destroy it. And it was the creature that originally it was the herald that destroyed Galactus's home universe. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Awesome. It it's getting like massive in the Thor world when it comes to the cosmos. I wonder. Yeah, the cosmic side is great. I mean, that's that's where they're going with the movies with Thor, and that's how they explained it. So I think that's really smart. Well, I'm wondering if um, and this isn't a spoiler, if you just look at the cover of the latest Iron Man. They just um, and this isn't a, this is not a tie into Crimson Rain. Uh, I'm sorry, wow, I keep getting them mixed up. <laughs> Devil's Rain. It's very um, convenient that they're both out. Uh, yeah, and day. they're and they're both red. You know, Daredevil and then Crimson Rain. You know, Star Wars and anyway, um, the newest Iron Man is um, we just we now have the Cosmic Iron Man, and it's Tony Stark is cosmic iron man and um i'm wondering if then maybe that'll cross with thor being possible yeah being more of a cosmic i mean because they were just on ta what is it ta two galactus's uh ship what's it called ta nothing okay all right well that's fine i don't know well read read iron man but anyway um so thor um so where you're you're currently reading thor well wait Stop, Chris. Are you still going through the list of Thor's? I am. I, okay. I I I can pick up at any time, Rocco. If you want to ask a question, I just this is your show as well. So. Well, I'm just curious, Jake. Where are you in Thor currently, reading wise? So I missed the tail end of uh, Jason Aaron's run, and then when I had Comicsology, the first volume, um, God. Uh, what was it called? Devour, Devour of Gods or something, um, which was the first of Danny Kate's run I read. And that was the Galactus storyline. 
and I thought he was doing really cool stuff with it. So I'd love to get the last little bit of Aaron's run that I missed and then pick up with what Danny Cates is doing because he is still working within the framework that was set out by Jason. Okay. Okay. As he should. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it was amazing framework. Such good stuff. That's if you're gonna go read some Thor Rocco, I would we would recommend. I say we definitely would recommend that you start with Jason Aaron. And because I mean that's what they're doing basically for Thor four. And it was just, it's one of the best things I've ever read, honestly. He's, well, he's an sure amazing writer. I'm sure it's in trade paperback, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think actually they have collection one out already where it's like the first, the whole first arc, um, which the is omnibus. like 50 issues. Jesus. Because he, he renumbered it one, three times. Yeah. So when it switches to Lady Thor, um, mm-hmm. just to label it. It restarts at one. And then when that arc ends, it restarts at one again. Huh. Okay. I'll, I'll talk to my uh, my comic guy and see if he can order, order that up for me. Thank you, gentlemen. Anyway. Let's bring Thor into the modern time, into the modern comics time. I think the most important thing to talk about starting with is going to be uh, Thor Ragnarok in the uh, early 2000s. And this goes along with the whole Avengers disassembled uh, event. And so here we have the end of the end of uh, Asgard, the end of Thor and his, and his brother and whatnot. So they're wiping all of them off the board and Thor would remain off the board until 2007 when JMS um, picks up the, the title with Oliver Coppel, um, and they bring back Asgard, and Thor returns to Earth. Mm-hmm. One of the coolest, and this is when I jumped on, because my comic book uh, guy at the time, his name was Bishop. He looked like Bishop from the X-Men. <laughs> um, That's awesome. He, he was like, you should read this. I'm like, okay. And I took his advice a lot, and it was great. Because all of a sudden, like Asgard returned, it was on Earth, which created this whole new situation. But we had also just ended civil war. And so we wanted to see how Thor would react to this situation. And the first thing he does in like the, I think the second or third issue is beat the crap out of Iron Man. Because Cap died. Like he caused all this insanity. Like civil war was an amazing run of comics. And the outcome of it made Tony Stark look like a total D-bag. So that's funny was, that, that you say that mm-hmm. because in Devil's Reign, that's that's alluded to. There's a there's a something Tony Stark says that uh, it's really funny that you say that. But anyway, sorry. It's all right. No, it's just I thought that was great because everybody wanted to see Iron Man get get the shit beat out of him, and Thor comes back and does it almost immediately. Mm. Um, but the whole idea here is like uh, Asgard on Earth. There's a lot of really cool things that happened during that time. They, what I think, let me think here. It goes up until Siege, which was the end of basically, I think, Brian Michael Bendis's big overarching stories that he'd been doing for so long. It was Bendis that got me back in the comics, period. 
uh, with with House of X, uh, mm-hmm. not House of X. I'm sorry, um, House of M. House of M yeah. And it was just when that when that event happened, I got sucked back into comics immediately. Um, so I wasn't very happy with the way it ended with Siege. I don't know how people really feel about it, but um, it was a really cool run, uh, honestly, with that whole Thor time there. And then, of course, if you want to jump on here, Jake, because that's why we brought you here tonight uh, to let you talk about Jason's run uh, because it is so epic and what they're basing, you know, Thor, uh, what is it? Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. Yeah. Okay. Um, Before I do that, I want to take a quick note and say Thor also exists within the DC universe, but not this Thor. He exists in a little book called the Sandman. Mm. And at one point, him, his father, and Loki make a bid to become the new rulers of hell. Fun little Thor uh, being in DC as well. Well, I think that's kind of, I, I wanted to say this at the beginning, but I forgot, but it's its definitely a reinterpretation of Norse mythology here. This is definitely not Thor and Odin and Loki that, that, that came Neil- from the Gaiman's yes. version of Thor is much closer to mythological Thor. He's like a chubby, kind of dumb drunk. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I think it's like one of those, what is it? Um, like Dracula and Frankenstein. What is what is what are those characters? They're like oh um what is that exact term? I always forget what it is. Um remember. Uh, public domain? Yes, public domain. You. That's it. They're in the public domain. In the public domain. So I it's fun to to see what like Marvel does with these characters, but it's it's it was funny to actually like learn real Norse mythology and like yes. (laughs) Yes. This is not the Thor I know. uh, Jason Aaron comes in to Thor and he starts it with the God Butcher series, which is just an amazing nine issue, ten issue run of comic books. Um, pretty much we get introduced to a new brand new character called uh, Gore the God Butcher and Gore lived on a planet that had no gods and was pretty much forsaken his wife died his son died and then he gets banished from the tribe for not believing in the gods and finds two dead gods who had crashed onto his planet and one of the gods had all black the necro sword which was null's uh sword the the god of the symbionts the Mm -hmm. king of the symbionts and absorbs it and pretty much becomes a god in of himself and starts hunting down gods and gore's plan spans generations um early in gore's career slaughtering gods he comes up against a young Thor on Midgard after killing a Native American god, and Thor pisses him off, and he pretty much declares that Thor will be the last god living. So then we resume the story in modern day with the Avengers Thor, and then we also jump to the future with old King Thor being the last standing god in all the universe. He proceeds to take gore down um it actually time travels all three thors have to get together to conquer gore and his granddaughters have to help out uh then we hop to a a really random 
Ruxin Industries storyline that was pretty good, but it, it didn't stand out before the gore stuff starts to come back on and off. So a lot of the old King Thor stuff, at one point he has to battle Galactus uh, because Galactus wants to reap Earth after there's no life on it. And after battling Galactus, uh, to beat Galactus, he has to go and get all black the Necro Sword and take on that symbiote armor, at which point Galactus gets that symbiote armor, but he rebirths Earth with his tears and names the first new humans Steve and Jane, I believe. Um, and then we have to get into how we get to uh, female Thor, Jane Foster Thor. So um, Jason had a big event called Original Sin. And Original Sin, I just got to touch on it because it is a crazy story. It's so awesome. It's the best buddy cop thing I've ever seen in my life. Doctor someone, Strange and the Punisher. <laughs> someone kills the Watcher and oh, steals his shit. eye. And it proceeds to lead to the chaos of trying to figure out who killed the Watcher. And, oh, God, I, I haven't read it in a while, but I believe at one point Nick Fury winds up with the Watcher's eye. Yes, he may have been the one to kill him. I think. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I, I kind of forget what the end of it is, but it was Nick Fury, right? And, and Nick Fury asks Thor a question that in the panel of the comic book, it is him whispering in Thor's ear and he, all we get is squiggly lines. Thor drops his hammer and cannot pick it up at that point. Whatever Nick said to him stops him from being the God of Thunder. And like the last panel of the comic book is someone picking up the hammer. We find out that's uh, Jane Foster. She's worthy. She had, and she's got her own crazy story. She's suffering from cancer and going through chemotherapy. Well, whenever she turns into Thor, it rejects the chemo as a disease cell or like a disease against her but because the cancer is her own cells it does not cure the cancer so in becoming thor she is slowly dying from cancer because her chemo is not working anymore thor becomes thor the unworthy odin gets into a huge fight with the new thor because he doesn't well pretty much he's a sexist and he doesn't like that thor is a girl and it just proceeds to get crazier from there. There's some threat coming called the War of the Realms, um, at which point we get War Thor, which is a hammer from uh, a, another event crashes in and uh, Thor's friend picks it up and becomes a bloodthirsty Thor. <laughs> and we get the Ten Realms instead of the Nine Realms. Angela's introduced as Thor's sister well touch uh, on that too who is angela it's a spawn character which she's is a spawn character that gets like, introduced to spawn, spawn? Yeah. yeah so if you go back to like the old the old 90s spawn one of the main characters in that 
in that comic is Angela, which is like a, she gets introduced into Marvel Comics as as part of the whole Norse like mythology. It's wild. Yes, yeah, so, so she's weird. Thor's older sister, and when the tenth realm, heaven, where the angels lived, went to war, they they stole Angela from Odin or something, and then Odin cast heaven from the ten realms to make the nine realms. And that's how we get introduced to Angela. Um, then we get, well, well, Jane Foster is still Thor, I believe. We get the War of the Realms. Um, Melkolith the Accursed pretty much starts a giant war across all the realms. And that's what leads to Jane Foster no longer being Thor. Thor the Unworthy becoming regular Thor again. And uh, Odin dies in the process and thrown Thor ascends the throne of Asgard, becoming the king of Asgard. It's such craziness throughout the entire story. Yeah, um, that's get... insane. And it's just funny that you say all these things and you, you're mentioning all these things. And from my background in Thor, all I'm seeing is Chris Hemsworth and everything <laughs> that you're saying, like in my in my mind's eye, that's like what I'm seeing, like. That is quite the comic book adventure that is oh, Thor. Oh, yeah. I didn't even get to, like, Thor's dog that he winds up with at some point in the series. That's, like, a murderous little dog that he also names Thor. <laughs> Thor Jeez. dog. Like, Go hang yeah. out with Loki alligator. Oh, my God. Thor frog. Yeah, at one point, Loki gets the, the gore. He gets necroplack necro black the sword or whatever it's called it's and gore is probably one of my favorite villains like for a villain that does not have tons and tons of comics that he's in i think gore's in those nine comics and that's it Mm -hmm. he has not appeared in marvel in other ways well we're about to see a christian bale uh gore But we're, I'm sure we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and this is it. I mean, listen up, casuals. If you want to check out what love, like Thor, Love and Thunder is really about, like what Jake just talked about there with um, Gore and Lady Thor, we're going to see all this stuff. How it gets interpreted by Taika, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be on a much different. I guess I'm. I'm get. I'm, I think it's going to be pretty epic. I think he's going to do. He's he's amazing. But I wonder how they're going to really add that Marvel humor to it. Well, I mean, they already took a lot from his run in Thor 3 from the sister that he didn't know about. I mean, it was Hela in this movie to his hammer, him losing his hammer. And instead of becoming unworthy, it was destroyed. But like he was already borrowing elements from this run. And then matching them up with Planet Hulk. Yeah, yeah, and then not Planet Hulk. Hulk. What was it called? Yeah. Um, I would say the biggest difference probably is, and I don't know, you know, this Thor is a a lot more serious. The Thor of the movies fits young Thor, which is Thor before he picks up his hammer in Jason's run. Um, like 800 AD hanging out with Vikings Thor. Um, Avengers Thor is a lot more serious of a character and old King Thor is so gruff that like, 
I don't know how anyone hangs out with this guy <laughs> character. He is the last God. So nobody's, nobody's left to have to deal with his crap, I guess. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they have... won't let him die. That is a big <laughs> part. He keeps trying to die and Gore keeps him alive. Jesus. Well, that's, that's mean. That's just mean. Okay. <laughs> Gore's gonna need to chill out, but I can't. I can't wait to see him in the movies. But do we have any other uh, key issues on that on your list, Chris? No, that was that's all of them. Okay. But yeah, if if you really want to, you know, start with the modern, just go back to uh, Thor Ragnarok and then go from there. That's my that's my recommendation. Awesome. And then I would say if you just want to pick up a Thor run and have a nice storyline of, I think, 150 issues do all of jason's run yeah and it kind of works as a standalone read original sin while you're doing it Mm -hmm. even though it's not a thor book because it makes the gap between the first and second run make sense gotcha agreed well why don't we why don't we take a quick break and when we come back we're going to dive into the mcu of thor we're going to compare him to the comics And uh, we're going to teach you some things, casuals. So listen up and stay tuned. We will be right back. Hey, come take a seat at the campfire. You're not the only one who joins. I've got friends that come over sometimes, too. We talk about a ton of interesting things from geek culture. Then we cover some conspiracies or philosophical thoughts or monsters. You know, we talked about Bigfoot in one episode. It's a lot of fun. So come join me at the campfire chats. A DFAT entertainment podcast hosted on Spotify and other fine places you find podcasts. DFAT Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetATowel.com, the only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. DFAT Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics. And we are back after our commercial break. Um, I Again, I am Rocco. I'm Chris. And we are here with Jake today talking about Thor on Thor's Day. Um, I don't know when you're listening to this, but we are currently recording it on a Thor's Day. So we're very excited about that. Um, if you listen to our first segment, we uh, we talked a lot about comics, a lot about Thor comics. That's what we do. But now let's do what we're really here to do, which is uh, see how they tie in with the movies, starting with the first movie um, simply called Thor. <laughs> um, <laughs> what year uh, did that, that movie come out, Chris? 2011. Oh, feels like forever ago. So it's it's interesting because there was an appearance in live action before this even. And that was in 1988 on a television movie <laughs> made for TV. Remember those when it was made for television? Um, it was, it was the, uh, the incredible Hulk returns, of course, with you. Um, just drawing up. Yes. Luke thank Frigno. you. Thank yeah. you. And so Eric Allen Kramer played the God of thunder in that. And that was goofy um yes who cares they did it and i think that was kind of amazing that they actually included thor on that show which is such a grounded show right yep so i mean as much as you can be grounded with a big green guy running around but um (laughs) yes so 2011 
the very first Thor movie comes out. It's directed by um, Kenneth Branagh, right? Kenneth Branagh, yes. Which is amazing because, like, really, he's done what like Shakespeare plays and and whatnot. So he's very much into that that side of things. And what is he it- brought to it was that kind of like big epic production. Yes, and, and he's a terrifying first- actor too. Yes, yes, he is. Um, what was he? What was he in? Where he was a like a bad villain? I, I remember um, that Tenet recently. Yes, Tenet. It was the last. It was the last movie before Avengers came out. It was actually probably on the bigger scale of things because all of a sudden we're not on earth anymore. Um, And the way that they treat this is interesting because instead of, you know, they make them more like aliens. So, and then we get to meet more of that as these universes expand with like guarding the galaxy and whatnot. But this is our really first step into something much bigger for the whole Marvel universe. And it makes sense because all of a sudden, the next, you know, in Avengers, we're meeting the Chitari, Loki's involved. So we had to have this movie ha- like lead right into Avengers. And what I love about this movie is we got Chris Hemsworth as Thor, but even better, we got Tom Hiddleston as Loki, who also, yes. listen up, casuals, tried up for the role of Thor. Yes, that is well, very true. He, he, he was. He was auditioning as Thor ended up getting Loki, which I think is wild. Um, but also, if I'm correct, this movie also introduced us to Hawkeye. This was the first You're this right. the first time we saw Hawkeye, which is kind of a big deal right now due to the amazing show on Disney Plus right now. Hell yeah. Um, you know, so I, I think this movie was very important on a lot of levels. I think it's a great movie. I mean, we also got Padme as future Thor, and uh, after both her and oh Darcy uh, too. Darcy disappear from the oh, MCU, Darcy, they are you. both making their triumphant returns. Uh, one in WandaVision and one in Thor: Love and Thunder, and I hope we get to see more of Darcy and other stories. Yes, so do I. <laughs> Me too. I, you know, I love these side characters. And I love that they they've come around to playing such big roles in the MCU at this point. Like, what a perfect place to put them on on Disney Plus. I love now that they're finally getting this movie and TV thing together instead of like pretending the Netflix thing didn't exist uh, because whatever issue that they have with Jeff Loeb, which is unfortunate, but. If Charlie Cox shows up next week, we're all going to appear our pants. So, yes, um, I do also want to mention Stellan Skarsgård. I mean, what a gift! I love, his, I love, I love his role in this in in these movies. Um, it's just, it's all the movies are packed with great with great actors. I mean, we have um, Chuck or Shazam um, as one of the three, um, and also. The guy who played Punisher in Warzone. What's his name there? That uh, oh, uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, Stevenson. Um, or he was another one who played a terrifying villain in the show Dexter. Was he in Dexter? Yeah, he played uh one of the villains. Ray in... Ray Stevenson. Yes. Thing, right. Are we not talking about Odin yet? No, not yet. Well... <laughs> because that's that's even greater i, I mean, mean this is this the build-up anthony hopkins as this Odin? is the build-up right i Hannibal mean lector the thespian 
Anthony Edwards. No, Anthony Edwards. No. <laughs> Not the ER guy. I'm sorry, guys. I'm I've lost. Go ahead, please. You've got please you got a over. few drinks in you. That's okay. Um, no. <laughs> I need them today. I need them today. Yes, I believe you. Um, Anthony Hopkins. I love the fact that he even agreed to be in these films um, because it's Marvel. There's this kind of like, you know, it's goofy, it's comic books, but then you get an A-lister, one of probably one of the greatest actors of our time period playing Odin. Mm -hmm. And I think that it gives so much credence to this universe to have this caliber actor playing this role and i mean you know i know we haven't talked about it yet but i mean what what was it in ragnarok what are you thor god of hammers like (laughs) just like lines like that that i just i love those little those little things just the way he executes it it's perfection literal perfection yeah that first thor movie definitely set a marvel tone And he had such an impact on some of the other movies. Like, I know we're going to go through all the Thor movies, but the fact that he brings vision to life in Ultron um, is huge. Um, Thank you for bringing that up. That's that's a really good point. That is one I still have not seen, but hear horrible things about. Which one? Thor 2. The Dark World. You haven't seen it? it? You know, I've been doing my Marvel catch up watch and i have not seen the dark world you have to watch it due to the fact that i still think it is the worst marvel movie of all of them period i agree with rocco on that but we still get an excellent tom hiddleston performance in this movie absolutely it's still like when we say it's the worst of these movies it's still an mcu movie so it's like it's it's not it's not horrible it's not venom 2 it's definitely <laughs> its own thing. It's I I don't mind it. I don't like Malekith in it because um, I I don't like Chris Eccleston to begin with. I think he's an asshole. Yeah, um, I, I have to ask about that because the man who gave up on being the doctor after one season and then does a horrible character in a Thor movie from everything I understand. I mean, we have to thank him for one thing. We got the War Doctor out of the fact he yeah. did not want to return for the the doctor who's special but she's a character that is so well written in jason's run of thor and they can probably never bring back to the mcu um i mean i guess they could recast them they're talking about recasting shiri as of today because of her anti-vax uh beliefs variant them variant all these mofos true you know we're we're gonna get a multiverse of madness maybe uh we get a new uh run at some of these villains well that we're already getting that in spider-man so that's the best part that's that's true that's true but i mean let's if we might as well just jump right into the dark world um you know we have another appearance i think the most important part of this movie is another appearance of an infinity stone um, which um, which is the ether, and I do love uh, in Endgame. Thor has his brief um, breakdown of the movie, The Dark World. You see, okay, someone called it a stone. It's really more of like a liquid, okay. And it was in my girlfriend, and we we had to get it out of her, okay. So, 
Someone said it was a stone. They're wrong. Um, so the way, like he really, I mean, really, that's Thor: The Dark World. Um, Jane gets the ether inside of her, and it's making her sick and killing her. So he has to bring her to Asgard to be cured. And the what is it? The dark elves or the ice elves or the dark cold? Elves. The dark yeah, elves. Yeah, uh, invade. Um, at the same time that this is happening. And they need the help of Loki um, to save the day. Um, it was an okay movie, I guess. Eh. So it's so it's directed by Alan Taylor, who worked on Game of Thrones. So they wanted to try to change the vibe a little bit here from the first movie, kind of taking from this Shakespearean epic to more of a war, I would say sci-fi fantasy-esque movie in in light of like motu and and things like that it reminds me it's one of my favorite genres where they can mix fantasy and Mm sci-fi and where they have blasters but yet they still fight with swords and shit like universe like i said but here it is it is a weak movie uh we do see we do see a little bit of the growth and i guess the other characters really uh, just all returning. But in the end, it's just when we get Ragnarok after this, and then you're also like, why is the third movie greater than the other two? Yeah. I, I don't know. They just, they play, they try to play so much on like the fantasy side of things. Uh, and now instead of like grasping the cosmic, which I think, as I explode here in, in nuclear blasts, um, sorry, <laughs> is is the right move uh, just to kind of tie him into Guardians of the Galaxy and and more. So I, what they do with it from the beginning and where they end up, I think it's 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 a really much better place to be. Thanks to can, can, can we just break for a moment? And I think Rocco might have a different opinion on me. I'm going to take this off Thor for a second. But because you mentioned Game of Thrones and them getting someone from that, the reason Game of Thrones was good was because of George R.R. Martin's writing. Season eight proved that without that, you do not have a good show. So just getting a director from a Game of Thrones season does nothing for me at this point. I I get that. But at the same time, Game of Thrones is is a visual spectacle. I mean, yeah. there's like we could we could bitch all we want about that last season, but we were all tied to that TV up until then. And I still like I won't complain about it because, you know, it ended kind of crappy. But at the same time, visuals were great uh, and well, so forth. Show. It, you know, it's just I would say I say I, I agree with you where they're just like, let's let's put all of our, you know, our all of our pieces forward. We're gonna hire Alan Taylor. He's he was part of Game of Thrones. We get something spectacular out of this, and they and they didn't unfortunately. But I mean, I mean, visually, Thor Thor: The Dark World was a beautiful movie. I think visually, yeah, I, I agree. But also, it was Dune. Or, yeah, there, there you go. Or Rise of Skywalker. Visually, <laughs> yeah, beautiful movie. Visually stunning. But um, not much know, behind it though. No, but then we move to Taika, and in Taika we trust. Um, but the question I think that is on a lot of people's minds is, 
was it smart to make Thor the goofy comedic one from the serious? I've I've read articles where people are not happy about the direction. I've read articles where people are like, this is the best way to do it. Um, I I love anything Taika touches. I think is gold. Um, if you're not watching what we do in the shadows, I don't know what you're doing with your life, both <laughs> the movie and the show um, and everything else he's done. And I'm so excited for love and thunder. Um, but he, he took the reins over on Ragnarok and that was extremely noticeable in terms of change. Um, and it was, welcome and it was great i have watched ragnarok over and over and over again i've watched it's probably one of the movies i've watched the most of that's a movie i could just put on and enjoy i love the relationship he has with hulk i love the battle arena i adore jeff goldblum adore him period um you know gift yeah, it just it just incredible. Just, you know, what are you the oh, I'm going to call him Sparkles. Let's call him Sparkles, you know, and just like little things like that. It's just it was great. And Doctor Strange in the beginning. What just so well done. Listen, just a little quick thing. Listen up casuals, the the collector and what was his? He's the game master. What is his name there? Jeff um, Grandmaster. The Grandmaster. Grandmaster. They're brothers. I think that Ragnarok makes sense. may be one of the greatest Marvel movies. Yes. Oh, yeah. Easily. I absolutely agree with you. We yes. got the greatest character in all of the Marvel Universe in Korg. Um, <laughs> I love Korg. I love Valkyrie. Um, yes. She, to me, is more serious Thor um, in how she was introduced. Um, with that said, I think think where that movie fails is it tried to do too many storylines it almost feels like the movie changes completely when they get sent to Sakaar um doing Ragnarok and Planet Hulk felt like a lot and the Hellas storyline sometimes feels like it doesn't fit the rest of the movie that's Um, but we get Hemsdale Idris Elba's story arc is amazing because of that storyline so I, I think where it fails is he tried to do too much if even part of I know this is a big thing I've been pushing now that they have Disney plus but if even part of it had been done as a, a Disney plus series and then they finished it up with a movie I think it would have fit better that's all I absolutely agree with you I think that Planet Hulk had its own thing to do. And why didn't we not get a Planet Hulk movie? Why is it so hard for Universal to play nice? Is it Universal that owns the Hulk? I think it is. But to to play nice with Marvel and just let them make a Hulk movie, it's just dumb because you see what Sony's doing. And Sony's Sony's so uptight to begin with and, and just wants to keep everything so close. But everybody seems to play nice now and and we're getting some spectacular amazing spider-man movies um and more to come so i don't i i totally agree with you like i love that part of sakar and i think it was really colorful and and totally in taika's realm 
and he did a wonderful job with it, but it was packed. And to, it was just from start to finish. It's a, it's a marathon and it's, it's an amazing movie. And I think that's also why it's one of the best ones because it's so epic and they did push a lot of storylines, but at the same time, you're right. It's, it's just like, let me, let me, let me step back for a second, but. And it, isn't that the movie we officially get the death of Loki? Isn't that, is that the after credit scene? Yes. No, no, no. I thought he, I thought he died in, in infinity war though. Yeah. The beginning well, I, of they infinity escaped war. the planet. The, the, the final scene is just the ship like looming over them. I, that's, oh, yeah. okay. The final yeah. scenes, the ship looming yeah. over them. Yeah. yeah Loki else. dies in infinity war. Cause that's, okay. that's a crazy scene to begin with. Um, I do want to mention two things about this movie. A, not numbers, not letters. I love Carl Urban and his executioner was great. I just, it was goofy. It was well-written and I'd love to see Carl Urban in any movie. Um, but also the play that takes place uh, yes. when Loki is pretending to be Odin and he puts on this play and all of a sudden we see like Matt Damon and Luke Hemsworth and Sam Neill and they're all playing these these fake roles of, of the characters um, that we know so well. And then you're sitting in the audience, you're like, is that Matt Damon? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, is, that, is that Sam Neill? Oh, my gosh. And now, from what I know, is that they, they're bringing them back um, and adding more characters to the, another play in the fourth movie. So I'm looking how, forward to that. How fun must that have been for Anthony Hopkins to play... <laughs> loki playing odin like it must have just been i feel like that whole movie especially like when you watch that whole scene with him on the rock he's like i'm kind of done with these marvel movies so i'm just gonna have a ton of fun in this one (laughs) absolutely (laughs) it's just it's so wild um where where we've gone with these Marvel movies, especially with the Thor and watching like the first one and now the third one. And I think it's such a good transformation. And like I said, it works really well in the whole cosmic story that they want to tell. Absolutely. And I think too, where he culminates in Endgame, and I think especially with um I think that the best part of superheroes um, and why we connect with them and how we can connect through them is through their trauma, because we don't have mystical, magical powers. We don't have, um, you know, extra human abilities. We can share their journeys through their trauma and Thor's trauma and blaming himself for not going for the head. um, And what, he ter- what he became and how he depressed and anxious he was and then when they went back in time and he called for Molnir and it jumped into his hand and he exclaimed I'm still worthy I think was such a great thing for people dealing with mental illness in real life and being able to say even though I'm dealing with the stuff I am still worthy I am still a person that's worth it and you know, a lot of I feel like a lot of anti-suicide tones in that single scene, um, I think was just great for the character and for the fans. 
I absolutely agree with you on that. That's that's a really good point to bring up, Rocco. And it's like it's also how do you challenge these ultimately like powered people, gods or whatever? Like it can get boring. Like how do people still write Superman sometimes? People ask. And then like Johnson comes out and writes this amazing, you know, war world um arc and whatnot. It's just like how do you challenge gods? And you're right. It's it's through the same thing that everybody experiences, and that's and that's the deeper level of comics as well. Being able to read these uh, these stories beyond just like a two hour movie or a thirty minute TV show. When you when you read comics, it is definitely a different narration, and that's why when we talk about this stuff, where they adapt so much, so many of these stories from the comics. And they bring in these elements, but then they add this little flair, the MCU flair, because diehards, I, I don't even know what the gatekeepers or whatever, have this issue with not being able to accept a change in the character. But times change. And if we don't change with these times and we keep that narration the same, who's reading these books? Exactly. And comic books have always held really on the pulse of the current zeitgeist. And if you're reading a lot of comics now, a lot of these comics are more about social justice and social awareness. You know, um, the latest, all the latest Batman comics are real in his face about how he's just spending his time beating up the mentally ill instead of you know, trying to fix the actual problems and Batman questioning himself. Um, you know, again, I think in comic books, being able to look at, at yourself and see what's problematic and working from that. And if you're angry about that, then maybe you just stop reading comics because comic books have always done that. I'm just, I'm sorry that you're having a tough time dealing with the world today. I don't know what else to tell you. Sorry, I got to say really quick, DC Black Label is doing amazing stuff around that. But like Batman White Knight, um, I can never remember the guy's crazy name, but Vision's Harley Quinn book that he did about how she became Harley Quinn. Um, But Chris, to your question, how you challenge someone, you challenge a god with a god butcher. (laughs) That's right. That is the easy way to challenge a god. You want to get butchered? <laughs> and that's no. that brings us to our the the movie that's coming out. It's what 2022, 2023? It's I think it got delayed to 23. It was on the 22 slate, but then I know the Marvel movies did a reslating like a month or two ago. Yeah, after Batman, the Batman got or no, it got I think it was March of 22, and now it's like November of 22 or something. It says on the internets, and don't always trust what you read on the internets, but July 8th, okay, 2022, which is amazing. Like, we had a decent year of comic movies, but next year on both sides of the, uh, the pond, it's just going to blow our, blow our minds. Um, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about our expectations, maybe what we're going to see. I, I, I don't even know where to start because... We have this idea of, I mean, Jake, you and I have read Aaron's run on both both accounts of Lady Thor and and Gore. So I, again, I want to bring up the point of 
Marvel takes it to this everything is funny side of things, but they do a great job with with being serious at the same time. They have this great balance of things. And I know Taika, like Taika we trust can handle this. And I am I'm actually really excited. I love I love Christian Bale. I love American Psycho. And I think he's he's gonna bring something to this role that is gonna add something insane to the MCU. I wonder how dark they will let this movie go. Um, then my other thought on it really quick is like, I'm super excited about uh, Padme coming back as Jane Foster yes. and going to be another Thor. Um, are, I think that's how they're going to achieve the multiple Thors of the comic line. Because originally when they announced Russell Crowe, I, I looked at him and I said, that's old King Thor. Like yes. you're going to have him play Chris Hemsworth's Thor thousands of years in the future. And then they announced he's going to be Zeus. So right. they're going to have multiple gods. Or it's Thor's, the red herring. <laughs> Thor's going to kill a god. Um, I mean, there's no doubt about that. Like, I, I just don't know how bloody it'll get. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see where this goes. Yeah, me too. I, I, I'm really wondering how much they're going to get dark because it seems like with Disney Plus they've started to really kind of address trauma, mm-hmm. especially after the snap and when people came back and whatnot. Hawkeye um, is Hawkeye's rife with trauma. Yes, Freaking and so Loki is like yeah. super dark, man. I, I, I also wonder how far they're going to take this as colorful and as like a jovial as Ragnarok was this, this has to have some heavy themes. If you're going to adapt the source material does, does Natalie Portman have cancer, you know, like in that, in that regard, I do want to mention, I was, I was happy because what was, it was in Endgame, or it was an end game when he, he goes back in time. Right. And she's and there. She's there. Yep. yep. Right. Because we're like, oh, and Natalie Portman left the Thor movies. Because but then she was credited dark in this one. World. Right. Exactly. Because of Dark World. And I mean that uh, yeah, I just like I want them to go dark. Yeah. Um I guess worry's not the right word, but Taika goes dark humor, and I would almost prefer just straight dark but i mean like yeah what they do in the shadows uh stuff like that he has the ability to go to that kind of darkness but you've got gore season finale of the mandalorian season one yeah yeah Yeah, i mean he can definitely do it um yeah pull it those heartstrings it's good yeah (laughs) i just i mean i i I like a jack natalie portman that's what i'm talking about right now like so I want her we to get be three me Thors is my guess. Originally, I thought we we're going to get old King Thor, but I'm going to guess it's going to be Natalie Portman, uh, Chris Hemsworth and Throg. The oh. frog Thor. What about from... party Thor? <laughs> oh, God. If party Thor was our. Oh, that'd be great. No, Throg. We're going to get I'll take frog Throg. Thor as the third Thor. To mention Throg, of course, I love that Chris Hemsworth did the voice 
yeah. or Throg and Loki when they did that little cameo. I thought that was or, that was. Or a great maybe thing. we get Beta Billy Ray in the movies. A we should have gotten him in Thor Ragnarok, um, you know, or the Silver Surfer, or you know, any of those characters. After that credit been scene on Thor is Galactus showing up on Earth. Fantastic Four shows up. Oh, time. I mean, I don't know if they can do that with King coming in, like no, introducing gotta, Galactus around same time as King. Impossible. They're gonna do that at the end of the Fantastic Four movie to lead into the next i phase. think phase and then we're gonna get x-men and we're gonna get this ultimate team up to fight galactus yeah and it's I'm, gonna be like insane as much as i liked thanos i hope this next big bad does not it, it runs a phase not almost years. the entire series yeah. so far yeah yeah but yeah I can't wait for Love and Thunder, and I can't wait for everything else Marvel has cooking up. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty exciting, and I'll tell you, I'm gonna be pretty 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 pumped for some announcements coming down the line of how they're gonna really close this out. Uh, because how does where does Thor four you know really fall? I mean, Thor. Last time we saw Thor, he was on. You know, he was teaming up with the Guardians. Mm-hmm. He like Chris Hemsworth is is uh, going to be part of that movie as well, at least the beginning, from what I understand. So, and then I also heard that Chris Hemsworth may be leaving the role sooner or later. I would see him at this point. This could be probably his last movie if he doesn't like stay around to kind of show up in other productions but i don't think we'll get another thor movie after this or jane foster remains thor after this i mean they've opened up the gates that thor though is thor's name is also a title to the person who carries the hammer thor could potentially die to the god butcher like it would be a very dark ending but someone else could take up the mantle of thor in love and thunder yeah i mean carry it on we're positioning young avengers i mean we've got kate bishop we've got sam wilson we've got you know lady thor we've got uh white uh vision from you know west coast avengers um you know there's a good shot that you know we're looking at a uh very slow amalgamation of what will be young Avengers in my humble opinion. I mean, when Korg picks up the hammer and oh, becomes God. the God of thunder, it that's becomes beta Ray bill. <laughs> oh my gosh. They just smash that character into each other. I, <laughs> I mean, then Taika can just, just, <laughs> he can play his own character, write his own movie and direct it. And we'll all be better for it, I guess. Yeah. I like that idea of the Young Avengers thing. Um, there was a character, I think it's as Guardian. It is, is it one of Wanda's kids? One of Vision's kids? I forget. Oh, yeah. Uh, Don't quote me on how that. Many, how many phase one heroes do we have left? Capstone, Iron Man. Yeah. Hulk. We know that Bruce yeah, is Hulk. involved heavily in a lot of this stuff, but I think it's just the three of them, right? But Cap. Uh, Black Widow, Iron Man, 
I could see them getting rid of Thor, like him carrying on to a next phase. I just don't see it. They need a new way for us to, you know, buy into the new characters. And Tom just said he's not going to play Loki forever. And I I, I think the character of Loki will continue. They've already introduced that. Yeah. I think that if Riri as Ironheart doesn't have Robert Downey Jr.'s voice as her AI, I think that's a huge miss because that can bring him back without bringing Iron Man back, therefore not overshadowing her character, but gives her AI or Tony Stark is her AI. I mean, how awesome would that be? I think there are ways because the, in the comics, Tony Stark is a clone of himself after he's been, after he's dead, he's dead. And then he cloned himself with his memories. And so currently it's not even really Tony. It's a clone of him. So, I mean, I feel like if they do that in the movies, that's that, that belittles his sacrifice to Thanos you know, I I don't know. I think I think that if he if he came back in some regard, it would be great. I mean, she's going to have Rhodey as a mentor. Yes. Uh, which is going to be amazing because John Cheadle deserves every oh, role he can get. And I adore him. Gift, as we always say, a nice a gift, a gem. Um, yes. Riri, uh, American Chavez is supposed to appear in one of these movies. I forgot if it's Doctor Strange or whatever it's supposed to be, but brought in from multiverse and then we met what is his name from uh falcon winter soldier the patriots um, um oh uh, john of... john um oh you're not talking about the black suit no not uh, u.s agent no yeah. his not his... u.s agent no not u.s agent no so the um, grandson um, his, the grandson, the grandson of, the of the the black guy who became captain america during the vietnam or whatever war it was when they did those experiments he uh, his grandson is actually patriot in the comics who was part of the young avengers Uh, again and we meet him in that show because he's the guy who challenges them every time they go to the house Um, so that's another thing right there plus like joaquin joaquin from the same show is falcon he takes up falcon after falcon becomes captain america in the comics um, and if you remember at the end of Falcon Winter Soldier, he said, Sam, what, are we, what do you want me to do with your old gear? And he said, take it, see if you can make it work or something like that. And it's just like, bam. So more Young Avengers right there. We're also discrediting what Loki did to the multiverse. What's happening in um, seven days in Spider-Man. And yeah my theory that the X-Men are going to appear briefly to start that and multiverse of madness. Things are going to get crazy. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because Marvel was not the first one to do multiverse. They're not the one who does multiverse the best in the comics, but they did beat DC to it because DC made a lot of (laughs) bad mistakes and bad decisions. And I am so excited. I, I, exactly. I am so excited next week because I have this whole idea that um, Kingpin is going to show up on Hawkeye, and then we're going to get Charlie Cox on on Spider Man on Friday, and they're going to do this whole variant thing that they introduced in Loki. And I'm very, 
very excited to see what this all is going to bring to the table for the future of the MCU. Like you said, how, how, how can they do things? I don't know. This is just a variant of somebody, so we can do it whatever we want. It's just an open sandbox. It is. Have you guys been watching the other Spider-Man trailers at all? Like the, I saw a Japanese poster with Toby McGuire on There was a Japanese trailer that came out today, and there's one line in it that has me questioning if what if has a bigger importance to that movie um that's the other thing like how we are like oh what if it's just this animated show what if definitely exists within that whole realm of ideas and what they can take and and mix and and throw in there so you okay with a i I guess a minor spoiler from a trailer speculation right no yeah there's a scene where uh, Doctor Strange and Ned are walking next to each other and Ned says I can't believe I'm in the Sanctum Santorum and Doctor Strange says neither can I kid and I've heard theories that Strange in Spider-Man is Dark Strange from What If not our Strange. It's funny you say that because a lot of people have taken that impression of an evil strange in this movie an antagonistic challenging spider-man type thing because i notice he doesn't act like the usual doctor strange in some trailers well and i've i've actually questioned that as well i didn't think about that i think that he is going to be antagonistic but i think he's going to be antagonistic in the same way he was antagonistic to tony in infinity war he was i mean he told tony straight up if it comes to you or the kid's life versus this stone i'm going to let both of you die and i i think that that i think you're right in terms of he's not going to just roll over for spider-man i think that I think that Spider-Man is going to have to find it's going to be a chase. The characters that come through all die in all the Spider-Man movies. And I think Dr. Strange is trying to explain to him that they have to die because their timeline in their timelines, they do die. But because Peter is who he is, he doesn't want to let them die. And I think Dr. Strange is going to try and stop him from saving these villains from their own demise. I absolutely agree. I, I was always this, a guy who questioned why every villain had to die in these comic movies, you know, back in the day, as I'll say, but I was, the idea of comic books is it's cyclical. Yes. These, these, these villains return every so often. And that was the idea. And that's what we have to get out of is like, and these heroes aren't murderers. No. Um, and that's, um, that's the, ba- that's, that's the baseline right there. It's like the Batman didn't kill the Joker and Batman 89. Why did he, why did he kill the Joker? Yeah. No, he just leaves him brutally disabled and in wheelchairs uh, for life. Right. I'd rather yeah. see that. He just, just beat the killed, shit out of him and that's it. Killed in medical bills. But <laughs> with that and, and string very much off the topic, but that's okay. That's what we do. That's um, it. Jake. <laughs> Jake, thanks so much for being with us tonight. Oh, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. 
I really enjoyed learning more about Thor. Thor is not one that outside the movies that I know much about. So I'm definitely going to take your suggestion and reading some stuff. Yeah, Chris. I just want to note. I did want to note some uh, other appearances of Thor. Please, uh, please. Before we closed out, just so if anybody wants to kind of pick, pick up something along the way out there, as you learn about the God of Thunder, uh, I like to bring up like other media things instead of comics because sometimes it's easier just to watch something for people and whatnot. So there was a uh, the original animated series was actually from 1966. It's called Mighty Thor, uh, and then in 2009 there was this cool animated movie called Hulk Versus, and there was two parts to it. He fought Wolverine, and then he fought Thor, and so I love those movies, and I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, if you want kind of like a fun tale, uh, in light of like, say like a, almost like Disney in a way, uh, there's Thor tales of Asgard in 2011. If you want to try a video game, Thor got a thunder was actually co-written by Matt fraction who has his hands in so many great projects and comics. Um, and then one of my favorite things was the Christopher Yost, the Yost verses, I like to call it. Uh, if you have not watched Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, 2010 animated series, awesome, awesome stuff. Um, and a great Thor role in that. Right on. That's it. That's all I got. I really love Thor in, the, in that animated series. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, again, Jake, thanks. For those of you that are listening to this, enjoy Spider-Man No Way Home um, and enjoy everything else coming up. Um, listen up casuals we will we got we've got some irons in the fire for some more new episodes so please uh, stick with us if you have an idea for a superhero or a storyline or something that you want to know more about drop us a line reach out to us on the dfat page dfat entertainment on facebook and let us know what you want to hear about we would love to discuss it and and that's uh, that's really all I've got, Chris. That's it. Just check out the other shows on the Deep Bet Entertainment Network. Jake's here tonight. He told us about his shows, The Bull and Moose Tavern, and also Campfire Chats. Check them out. As always, listen up, casuals. We're here to help you along your comic book journey and more. So I'm signing off. Yes, and support your local comic shop. Bye, everyone. Bye.